All right, uh, time to uh, take a look at our Global Threat, brought to you by Global Threat uh, Solutions. As you just heard, the 100% military veteran-owned security investigations firm, Global Headquarters are right here on the island in Suffolk. Also offices in the city, Miami, LA, with C's Frankfurt and Mumbai. And, of course, the captain, Ken Bombay, the CEO of Global Threat Solution, uh, with over 21 years of law enforcement intelligence experience, serving as a military intelligence officer in the Middle East for peace of mind in uncertain times. Check it out, globalthreatsolutions.com. The aforementioned captain, sir, good to have you. A um, lot happening as far as the Middle East, Israel. You had a strike on a refugee camp in northern Gaza. Uh, many casualties, catastrophic damage, uh, but uh, Israeli forces cap claim the strike killed the top Hamas commander responsible for the attack, one of the big planners. Uh, so, in essence, this is what this terrorist organiz- organization does. It, it intertwines with civilians, whether it be at a camp, whether it be under a hospital, this is what they do when you hear human shields. This is what they do. And uh, they profess the fact that uh, they are innocent and that Israel, Israel is of a hostile nature when doing this. But uh, that's what happened yesterday at one of the big events. Give me a sense, my friend. Good morning, Jay. Yeah, that's exactly right. So they targeted this uh, Hamas commander in this Jabalia refugee camp. This guy's name is Ibrahim Biari, and they killed him. But the idea was that they had this tunnel network that's underneath uh, these, this building that they struck, and they did kill the commander. The building collapsed, and then buildings around there collapsed. And they intentionally located this individual that they targeted at a refugee camp. And it wasn't their intention to kill refugees. And, of course, now you have the uh, the fog of war where, the Hamas is going to say there was far more killed and there was no commander there and, and it was targeting civilians. And Israel says, you know, we took every steps, all the steps we possibly could to avoid civilian casualties. But this does show you how this is going to go moving forward. And this is exactly what I suspected, Jay, is that Israel is going to take all the steps they can to avoid killing civilians. But they will not play this game where if they have you know, strategic targets, um, value targets, we call them, HVTs, and they co-locate them at these, these sites. They're still going to kill them. Those people have to be killed by Israel, and they're not going to stop, and we're going to have civilian casualties. The key to remember during this conflict is that that is Hamas. You're not, our military doesn't do that. We don't locate military forces with or or shield them with civilians we simply don't do that and not neither does any other country i could think of um so that's what we have to remember when these incidents take place that's hamas who killed those people that's not israel who did they're going after a legitimate military target and legitimate militaries do not use civilians to shield their assets and that's exactly what hamas is doing and it's because they're not legitimate they're a terror group and unfortunately there there's going to be civilians killed during this conflict they're a terror group, and they are cowardly in nature, as all terror groups are, uh, with blindside attacks and everything else in play here, obviously. So uh, that's one of the big events that happened yesterday, the ground incursion, you know, ever so closely closely uh, coming to fruition. Now, the other situation, Cap, is 27 now, 27 
bases in around the Middle East with U.S. occupancy uh, have been attacked. Uh, we only have one counteroffensive uh, against. So, uh, listen, we know the proxies and everything else are ran behind many. Uh, and the beat goes on. Now, you know, I'm concerned as far as, you know, just hearing the word don't, don't, don't. That's what you hear out of the White House, which is which is silly already. Um, do you feel at some point in time there will be a strong enough message sent here based on all we've seen on these attacks? So uh, I'm not optimistic it would be as strong as, as one that I would launch. I, what I would say is here's how I would go about this. We have not retaliated enough, that's for sure. Um, I know Lloyd Austin, he, they're feeling the pressure because everybody sees this. You know, now, as of today, we've been struck 27 times, like you said. That's 16 times in Iraq and 11 times in Syria. And this is a mix of the one-way attack drones and rockets. And I would be going, it, this is getting childish. We all know it's Iran. So we, I'd be targeting Iran directly. I did. I do have seen this view, heard this view that, to target Iran specifically within their borders and, and have any type of civilian casualties. We could uh, turn the Iranian people uh, against us. I, I don't think we need to do that. I think we could target Iranian assets like ships, military targets, and destroy them. But I mean, in a robust fashion, we should hit 27 times in one day. And we haven't done that, Jay. So I know they're feeling the pressure because everybody's seeing this lopsided response and or, or lack of response. And I think Lord Austin made this threat to Iran yesterday that if this continues, I'd like to see a robust wake up one morning and we see a robust response where we targeted Iranian military assets and these proxy groups, but hit them hard, Jay. We know where they are. We have intelligence. These We're not working in a vacuum here. We know exactly where these things are. Don't just strike two ammunition depots. Hit them hard at all their sites. And we have the capability to do that, and that's what I want to see. Are we going to? Probably not. Tend to agree with you. The captain, the Global Threat uh, Report, ladies and gentlemen, globalthreatsolutions.com for peace of mind in uncertain times. Cap, let's let's move on. I know that uh, there's some targets in northern Israel and Hezbollah at the center of that whole situation right on the border of Israel and Lebanon. So we got to keep an eye on that. Um, a couple of things where you had Chris Ray, the FBI director, uh, who testified yesterday regarding anti-Semitism, and we know it's reaching historic levels in this country. Uh, we know what's going on in these campuses, in particular Cornell. We had on a professor yesterday giving us a kind of a a frontline depiction of what's going on. We know what's happening at Harvard at many of these schools uh, at this point in time. And, you know, Ray is pointing out that they are tackling the rise in this series of law enforcement efforts, joint terrorism task forces, hate crime investigations, cap intelligence sharing, and everything else. But all in all, this is something you must keep an eye on right now. Yeah, for sure. We saw that this student at Cornell was arrested now for these threats that he made against Jewish students, brutal threats. Um, but I, I just happened to be in Manhattan yesterday. I was in Times Square being interviewed by Inside Edition for uh, 
increased security for our Jewish people within the United States because of this conflict in Israel. And they also asked me about the, the, great, the broader threats that we are facing now, and that's what something I think, Jay, that people need to consider right now. It's not, we're, we're talking about these campuses and these direct threats, threats against Jewish people, and they have, by the way, gone up uh, uh, exponentially. I think from 23 to 22 in L.A., the, the uh, ADL, has they recorded a 30% increase in threats to Jewish people, or, Jew, or anti-Semitic incidents, I should say. But in the last several weeks since this conflict started, it's really spiked. We already saw a trend of increased anti-Semitic incidents. So now we have to, we have to watch that, and security needs to be increased right now, not only by these the law enforcement sources for these mosques and these Jewish sites, but people in general. My company, Jay, we're getting requests for that we never received before. We have requests for armed security at bar mitzvahs right now. People are really concerned about the security threat that's out there. Yeah. We also have to consider, Jay, what were we just talking about? Iran threatening us directly. We have to consider terror threats within the U.S. right now. Like it, at, in every major city and mass gatherings, not just these incidents we're, we're so concerned about right now targeting Jewish people living here, but just terror threats against the United States because of our involvement in this conflict or this support of Israel in this conflict. They, so the FBI, the NYPD, all of our law enforcement assets and intelligence assets are working overtime right now because the threat is high. Without question. Without question. Uh, one more for the captain. You know, Cap, a lot of details are coming out regarding the uh, U.S. Army Reservists who killed 18 people in Maine last week, including previous warning signs about him, Army, his family. It's come out. The Army in July uh, stated that uh, Robert Codd should not have had a weapon, handle ammunition, and not participate in live fire activity after he was seen behaving erratically and sent for an evaluation in a hospital. Um, additionally, he had many attempts made by officers to check on him weeks prior these uh, before these mass shootings took place, and it just raises a lot of questions uh, over authorities' handling of the warnings, his access to these weapons. Uh, a lot of attention is being drawn to the gun laws now in the state of Maine, which do not prohibit a person from buying a gun based strictly on a mental health diagnosis or treatment. You know, we talk about this all the time, right? There are signs, many a sign. Nicholas Cruz down in Florida, Parkland, the shooting there. Uh, 39 times cops would call to his residence. You know, there's got to be a point where the ball is not dropped here as vehemently as it certainly reads. I mean, you're talking about lives lost, signals in play here to apprehend an individual and get him the treatment that he needs. And again, we see this time after time, and especially what happened to me. Yeah, yeah. So there, there were so many red flags. There were so many balls dropped leading up to this horrific shooting in Maine, Jay. We've, like you said, he was, he was actually committed. And I'll tell you, the Army did their job. They, they highlighted the possible threat from this individual a long time ago, and they followed up. They contacted local law enforcement. They did what they were supposed to. Um, and, and the system in Maine, I think, failed. But I could see even within that system, they did a, a welfare check where deputies went to go check his residence. He didn't answer the door, so they left. 
to come back another day. And, Jay, that's the frustrations we used to have here, too. We didn't have the authority at that point to just, when we were just going to check somebody because of uh, threats they made or because of a mental, uh, possible mental health issues and we were going to do a welfare, we didn't have the ability to just kick in the door. He didn't have that, you know. There's restrictions in Maine specifically. Their system's broken. That yellow flag law is not nearly strong enough. I have said this before. I support the Second Amendment. You know, this is America's unique in, in that way. But I am also, I'm a, I'm a moderate when it comes to this, and I realize that we do, I am totally in support of common sense laws or regulations to keep people from being killed. And in some of these cases, some of the states, we've seen these shootings. The laws were simply not sufficient, especially when it comes to somebody who, who has, for the background checks, somebody has mental health issues. They were simply insufficient to try and prevent these incidents from taking place. And I think Maine is going to have some changes. This yellow flag law is not nearly strong enough. In this case, Jay, we're hearing so much more that he targeted these places because he was he was had this idea that people in those locations were spreading rumors about him being a pedophile. And even his family um, said that his son had told police that his, he thinks his father's hearing voices and that that and his sister said that he had issues. And up the yellow flag law only allows law enforcement yeah. to make the, only bullet, to yeah. the steps to remove weapons, not family and friends. And that's a flaw. That's, you know, simply a flaw in their system. And I think we're going to see changes now. I have to put in red flags throughout, no question. Cap, uh, good stuff. We'll get you in tomorrow for this. As far as some more events, I'm sure that will be taking place uh, in the Middle East. Global Threat Solutions Report, globalthreatsolutions.com for peace of mind in uncertain times. The captain, uh, Ken Bombay. It's always good to have you, my friend. Thanks, Jay. We'll talk tomorrow.